what the Bible is telling us in Daniel. If Daniel could survive in this first kingdom, this wickedness, then we as the body of Christ, as world engines, we can also. If Daniel could have the freedom to worship, if Daniel could represent God, if Daniel could walk a certain way, live a certain way in the midst of the wickedness, we too can do also. The kingdoms of the wickedness will come and come and come and come and the horn is coming from this warmer empire. All these things will happen, but our responsibility is that we can triumph. We should have no fear because we can triumph through our Daniel-like steadfastness. This is active words. These are things that as Christians, we have to do. It's not I got saying now hit cruise control. No, Paul tells us, Daniel tells us, we have to endure. We have to be steadfast. We have to continue along the path. Through that and through God's loyalty to his people and his purpose, we will triumph. Welcome to the Followers of the Way podcast for October 21st, 2018. Today, Pastor Olu brings us a message called World Engines, Daniel, the coming of the kingdom of God. Pastor Olu continues in the book of Daniel and teaches us what principles the prophecies in the book of Daniel are revealing. Now, Pastor Olu says that even though times nowadays are getting bad, we can hold to the truth that God has full dominion and power over everything that's going on. Now, Pastor Olu says that things are going to get even worse. But even though things get worse, we as Christians are to endure because the kingdom of God still reigns. Now, he'll be reading from the book of Daniel, so grab your Bible and follow along with us as we explore God's word here on Followers of the Way. Daniel chapter 7, we're going to finish chapter 7 today. It's a guarantee, without question, no matter what. I'm just going to read the last verse and that's going to be it. But we've been looking at uh, the history of civilization. So from Daniel chapter 7, what God does is he shows Daniel the history of civilization from the time of Daniel all the way until the eternal kingdom of Christ. And so we have this time frame uh, in the scriptures for us. The kingdom of Christ is the, the highlight of the latter portion of the book of Daniel when we look at it. It's, that's, that's the climax. That's the point of celebration. You're going to go through all these things. You're going to have all these issues. You're going to have all these problems. But be sure, understand that the kingdom of God is coming and it's going to be a kingdom that shall live forever and everlasting. Remember Daniel chapter 6, his kingdom shall never be destroyed. His dominion shall be to the end. So we know that is coming. And so what God shows Daniel is from his time, what's going to happen all the way until the eternal kingdom of Christ comes? A lot of questions you see a lot of people, I think like maybe once a year, somebody says, oh, I know when Christ is coming back. I've got it. So it's going to be October the 17th, 2018. Everybody sell all your prized possessions and go meet me on this mountain and we're going to welcome Jesus. Like once a year that happens. Somebody says Jesus is coming. Totally ignoring the verse that says no man knows the time or the hour when the Son of Man shall appear. But the question, what God does in the scriptures, he doesn't give us his exact time, but he tells us through Daniel, through Revelation, some of the things that's going, in Matthew also, some of the things that's going to be happening before that time comes. And so in Daniel chapter 7, we see that the kingdom of God is going to come after man's allowed rule is over. And so we look at, and it's shown to us by the four beasts. The four beasts represents four kingdoms that's going to come. 
And the kingdom of God, this eternal kingdom that shall last forever, will not come until this man's allowed rule is over. And I specifically, I'm saying allowed rule. What we see in scripture is that God has allowed them. We looked at verse when we say God has given them authority or God told them to go and devour. Um, when we look at Daniel chapter one, God gave the Jews of Jerusalem to Nebuchadnezzar. And so what we understand through scripture is that the sovereign God is allowing this manly or this human kingdoms to rule. We have the four beasts, the lion, which was Babylon. The lion is a majestic animal. Also, in the book of Jeremiah, we haven't talked about this yet, but in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah describes Babylon as the lion. There's another, another uh, consistency there. We looked at the bear. The bear represents the Medo-Persian uh, empire. And so we know the, the lion was majestic. And so Nebuchadnezzar had, you know, one of the greatest gardens of all time. They talked about how Babylon was so beautiful. Uh, Bears are slower, they're stronger, and they're more crushing than a lion. You know, you don't, you're not talk, you don't look at a, a, a bear and think of uh, majesty. Unfortunately, when I think of bears attacking, I think of the movie, um, it was a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a waste of two hours and 15 minutes that I watched, except for the bear scene. I actually started laughing during the bear scene. It's the most hilarious thing I've seen in my life. But it was, it, was, it, was, it was very vicious and crushingly that was going on. So you think about a bear, slow, stronger, crushing than a lion. And we talked about how the Medo-Persian army was, they overwhelmed and crushed their enemies with their superior size and their strength. And then the third beast was the leopard or the panther. And that represented Greece. So the lion devours, I wouldn't want concordance by Strauss put it this way. I thought it was interesting. The lion devours, the bear crushes, but the leopard or the panther springs upon its prey. And so when you look at Greece and you look at Alexander the Great and how quickly and how swiftly and with speed and precision that he went and conquered. And we saw the, uh, the screen a couple of weeks ago that Miami put up all of the known world during that time. And the speed of Alexander the Great was unmatched. And so we know when is the kingdom of God coming? Well, it's going to come after these kingdoms of man are done. According to the book of Daniel, chapter seven, God also gives us a little more specific information there. He says after the final manifestation of this allowed rule of man is done. And so we look at the rule of man is represented by the four beasts. But we know specifically that it's going to happen after the fourth beast. And so the beast represents the kingdom of men. There's a specific kingdom of men or a specific form of manifestation of the kingdom of men in this fourth beast that is going to happen before the kingdom of God comes. When we look at history, when we look at the scriptures, it seems to be pointing that this fourth beast is the Roman Empire and its successors. Why do I say its successors? Well, because the kingdom of God isn't here yet. And so <laughs> between the time of the Roman uh, empire all the way through now and now and now as the seconds continue to tick we're talking we're looking at the fourth beast that's going on and we talked a couple of weeks ago how that even today a lot of the things that the Romans did is still inactive today in our society Roman law uh, the currency that we use uh, the language the language that we speak all derived from Rome because why Roman took over the whole known world and we looked at that picture that was all the way up to uh, from England all the way through all of Europe, 
Uh, this is a map I'm pointing to. You can't see it, but it's a map. <laughs> England, I can see it, to Europe, all the way across Germany, all the way across to the, to the, uh, the Middle East, all the way through to India, uh, where Rome had taken over. And so when we look at kind of the structure of today, we look at society as a whole on the world scale, we see a lot of the Roman civilization or relics of the Roman rule still in place. And so we have the Roman Empire. Remember that fourth beast. In chapter 7, Daniel, after he saw the vision, he kind of went back to God and he says, verse 19, And I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with his teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with his feet. It's funny that Daniel went back and said, yeah, yeah, yeah I got all those other beasts. We need some more information about that fourth beast. Because I've never seen anything like that before. What in the world? And so the terror, uh, uh, as the world's largest, strongest, most unified and enduring kingdom of them all was this or is this fourth beast. And so we know that the kingdom of God is going to come after man's allowed rulers over after specific manifestation. This fourth beast, this empire is over. And we also know, as we keep reading in chapter seven, it's going to happen after uh, the final ruler of this final kingdom is over. And so when we look at Daniel chapter 7, we talked about the ten horns on his head and another horn, verse 20, and another horn came up and before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth and had spoken great things that seemed greater than its companion. And so when we look at this final form of kingdom, there is a ruler who is going to arise and the kingdom of God is going to have to come after this ruler has come and done what God has said he was going to do. And so when we look at this, this is a little horn in uh, Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 8 talks about this guy also. And then when we look in Revelation, it talks about this guy also. And it seems when we look at the consistency through Daniel and through Revelation that this is pointing toward the Antichrist. Paul said, you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, there are many Antichrist lowercases that are in the world today. And so the scripture talks about this Antichrist, this person that's going to come during this kingdom of man, doing all this stuff that's going on before the kingdom of God takes its rightful place to be enduring forever, a dominion that shall never end. And so I'm not going to spend too much time on this guy, Little Horn, Antichrist, but some of the things I wanted to point out that the scripture says it was going to, to do. Uh, look at verse 23, Daniel chapter 7. Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there should be a fourth kingdom of earth, and it shall be different from all the kingdoms, and there shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. Think about destruction. Think about this vile destruction and wickedness that comes with this fourth kingdom from the Roman Empire, even until as we speak. As for the ten horns out of the kingdom, ten kings shall arise. I like when... The Bible interprets the dream for you. So we don't have to guess. What do those ten horns mean? Well, the angel said, oh, the ten horns represents ten kings. Oh, got it. We don't have to get into massive debates about what that means. It's there. And another shall rise from them, and he shall be different than from the former ones, and shall put down three kings. So there's going to be ten kings in this kingdom. Okay? Three of them are going to be around, and this one king is going to come and destroy three of them. 
And so this one guy, this one ruler is going to be in charge. He shall speak, verse 25, he shall speak with words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times of the law and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. And so when we look at this guy, this horn, uh, let's go up a little couple of verses. Verse 21, as I look, this horn, this little horn, this Antichrist, made war with the saints and prevailed against them. And so what's going to happen is that when is the kingdom of God coming? After man, kingdoms are over, that God's allow. After this final manifestation, this Roman empire, and don't think Romans, well, the Romans are dead. Well, well a lot of, we talked about a lot of things are still around. There's going to be a ruler that comes up in this kingdom. And this ruler in this kingdom is going to, the Bible said, bring about a persecution against the people of God. Verse 21, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them. Now, saints is interesting. Saints could mean saints as far as the Jews. Remember who? Daniel, the context of what God is talking to. God's talking to Daniel. He's talking to them about the children of Israel. He's saying what's going to happen. And so saints could reference that. Saints could also reference those who love God. So it could be a reference to the church there. But we know, uh, and the church and the Jews, or any of God's people, but we know that this Antichrist, this horn, is going to wage war against the saints and prevail over them. We talked about in verse 25. He that speaks against the Most High. He shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times of the law and they shall be given to his hands for a time, times, uh, and a half of time. And so there's going to be a great persecution during this time. When this guy is around, this Roman Empire, this, this last massive empire of the allowed human rule that God's going to allow, there's going to be a massive persecution. I like when it says, well, I don't like it, but it says he's going to try to change and set uh, the set times and the law. This gives an idea that uh, he's going to try to reorganize society to fit or to conform to his wickedness or to conform to his things. And so when we look at the Antichrist, we think of, of against Christ. There's going to be an attempt or, or to take the things of God and turn them upside down. It's going to be an attempt to reorganize things from one way, God's way, the right way, the truth, to a form of wickedness that this Antichrist or this uh, a ruler is going to try to bring. I was reading a scripture, a uh, uh, concordance, and it said he's going to try to do away with the commands of the Torah. And I thought about that and started thinking about when we look at society today, when we look at what's happening in the news, what's happening around the world today, when it comes to the things of God, you know, one of the main, one of the things that pop up is marriage. And I think of how marriage is a biblical institution. Marriage is an institution that it was created by God, that was first introduced to us in scriptures. And so marriage is a biblical God foundation institution defined by the one who created it, God himself. And then we look at society and we look at the news and we look at the courts and the Supreme Court and the laws and the different groups who are attempting to take a biblical institution designed and created for a particular purpose of God and to flip that upside down into something totally against it. Not what the original purpose was, not what it is, into something even totally different. 
And we look at that, and that's just a marriage situation, but we look at society today and we see time and time again those things that the scripture says, hey, this is how it should go. Those things that God has ordained or has instituted. You look at the family. You look at the hierarchy in the family. We talked about that. We look, we look at how you should be kind. We look at what the scripture says, and we look at how society says, nope, let's do the opposite of that. Those I believe in what Paul was saying. The Antichrist is going to come and his whole thing is to flip the Torah. His whole thing is to change society to conform to his wickedness. But even now, there are Antichrists in the world. Lowercase Antichrist. And so we can see the, the beginnings or the continuation of this persecution, this thing that's going on. Turn with me. Keep your finger in Daniel chapter 7. Flip to Revelations. When we talk about the end times, when we talk about things that's going to happen in the future, we talk about the kingdom of Christ. Daniel is very significant in that conversation. And of course, Revelations, the last book of the Bible. And as a bit of trivia, remember that Revelations is the only book in the Bible that says you will receive a blessing every time you read this book. That's the only the only book of the Bible that opens up like that, that says, hey, blessed are those who read this. So you need a blessing. Read Revelations. Revelation chapter 13. And I saw verse one and I saw a beast rising out of a sea. Now, as I read Revelation 13, I want you to remember, think about the correlations between what we've been reading in Daniel and what we see here in Revelation chapter 13. And I saw a beast, there's one, rising out of the sea, there's two, with ten horns and seven heads and with ten diadems on his horns and blasphemous names on his head. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Hmm. Its feet were like a bear. Hmm. And his mouth was like a lion's mouth. Hmm. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of his heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. Remember Daniel chapter 7. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened his mouth to utter blasphemies against God. Remember the little horn? The little horn was saying some crazy stuff against God. Blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that those who dwell in heaven, also it was allowed to make war on the saints and conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, I like when uh, John says, I like when the revelation says that if anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone's going to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone's going to be slain with the sword to the sword, he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and the faith of the saints. I'm going to write that down here because that's going to be important also. The endurance and faith of the saints. Because it's in time. This thing that's going to happen. And so when we look at the scriptures in Daniel, when we look at the scriptures in Revelations, we see some correlation between what's going on, what's happening. Um, what I find interesting, uh, uh, John says 42 months. 
It's interesting in 42 months, if we look at 12 months in a year, 42 months comes out to about 3.5 years, right? 12, 12, 12, and 6. Interesting. When we look at Daniel chapter 7, when Daniel is talking, it tells him that this guy, this horn, is going to bring destruction and pain and persecution to the saints for a time, a times, and half a time. Some theologians say that a times is one. A time is one. A times is two of those. And half a time, again, three and a half years. And also when you look at Daniel chapter 8, you see some other days and whatnot that seems to say that there's a certain amount of time. What I get from this, and people get into debates about the three and a half, and it's this, it's this, it's, it's actually means this, it's three and a half years, three and a half months, three and a half years, blah, blah, blah. The thing that, I, that interests me about this is that what the Daniel is saying in Daniel chapter 7, 8, 9, and I think in 12 also, what John is saying in Revelations, what Christ is saying in Matthew is that though this guy is going to come, and though there's going to be persecution of the saints, understand that that persecution will be limited. I believe that's the message here. That the persecution is going to be limited. It will not last forever. So take hope in that. Understand again, and it points to the sovereignty of God, that although this is happening, when you actually go through this, Daniel, when you actually go through this, John, when you have to go through this, whoever, Understand, tell the people that though this persecution is going to come, understand that this will not last forever. There is a limit to what God is going to allow this little horn to do. Why? Because God is still sovereign and he has a plan and has a purpose. And the plan and that purpose is that this kingdom, this everlasting, enduring kingdom of Christ will come and it will last forever. Take hope. In that understanding. After this guy, this ruler comes after this persecution of the saints. The kingdom of God will come after the judgment. We saw that God is going to judge this guy and all the nations of the world. If we look back in Daniel chapter 7, flip back to verse, seven, to verse 21. As I looked, this horn made war with, the, war with the saints and prevailed over them. Verse 22 says, until, there it is, there's that limit. There's that end of that persecution. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. You skip all the way down until verse 26. But the court. And it says after for, you know, the, the punishment and the persecution is going to happen for a time, times and half a time. Verse 26 says, but the court shall sit in judgment and his domain shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms on the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints and the most high. His kingdom, the most highs, shall be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. God is going to get his judgment. God has to, because of his holiness, he has to judge sin. So as these vicious and ferocious beasts come out of this turmoil of the sea, as this ruler comes out, part of this fourth most vicious beast, who's going to be the Antichrist, who's going to speak blasphemous things against God. As this happens, uh, after the persecution that comes with this, God's judgment will come. 
And so the judgment of God will come before the kingdom, and then the kingdom will come. Now, what's interesting, you know, um, and again, Daniel is like, would be the greatest like Bible study thing because we can get into all these nuances and all these interesting little things and what this means and what it means. We can get into the 42 and the three time, times, and times. But what's also interesting, when you look at scripture, sometimes prophecy in scripture, uh, when God speaks prophecy, it references something that's going to happen in the short term. And it also is a vision or a projection of something that's going to happen in the future term. And so when we look at this, there was a guy that showed up shortly after the, the Greek empire. And he came, history tells us how he persecuted the saints and how he did a lot of things. And, it, and a lot of the correlations there line up to what was said here in scripture. Um, but we'll, we'll have to hold that off for another time to get into that. But the kingdom of Christ came, verse 27. God's kingdom is going to come. And that is the main message here. Remember, the children of Israel are in bondage. They're in Babylon. They're slaves. They're, they're, some are slaves. Some are held captive. They're, they're, they're going through this persecution that Jeremiah told them was going to happen. You're going to be in persecution for 70 years. All this was happening, God gave Daniel this to say, hey, as you go through this, know that this is bad. But it's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse. It's going to be a lot of bad stuff happening, and it's going to peak with this dude who's going to come, and it's going to be, woo! But know that I am going to come, judge, and I, my kingdom, shall last forever, and hold that in hope. I like that end part there in, in uh, verse 27 of Daniel chapter 7 when he says, um, and the kingdom and the domain the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high, and his kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. We just talked about four dominions, very vicious dominions, the rule of man. The Bible says that all dominions will worship and obey and serve him. And that took me all the way to Philippians. You know the verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. But Paul is talking and he's saying so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That's everybody that's in heaven or earth and under her. I don't know who the under the earth people are, but they are going to be bowing down <laughs> to the name of Jesus. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The kingdom of God is coming. He is going to rule. It is going to be an enduring kingdom. It is going to be a faithful kingdom. It is going to be a powerful kingdom that shall never be destroyed. So what was the message of all this? Not only was it an overview of what was going to happen to the kingdom of God, but I think what Daniel, what God wanted to tell the people was that, listen, wickedness will intensify. A lot of times as Christians, we hear messages and we see things as, Oh, we, I tell you, it's getting bad out here. It's getting worse. And it seems as though people are shocked or people are confused when things happen. Can you believe what the Supreme Court did today? Yeah, because the scripture tells me that it's going to get worse. Whatever's happening right now, know it's going to get worse. And it's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But have no fear. It's a message to us as believers. Daniel came to know that the kingdom of God will come only after Israel endured centuries of pagan domination. Evil is present and will be present in this world. 
And so God wanted the children of Israel to know, listen, as you go through all this, understand that my kingdom is coming. You're going to go through some stuff, but my kingdom is coming. So endure. The message of Daniel is to endure. The message to us as we're engines is Daniel is for us to endure as we continue in the wickedness in the world today. Why? Because the kingdom of Christ is coming. When we look at that and we think about just the, the wickedness and the destruction and the pain and the suffering that's coming along in the world, that happened in the world. And we think about the stuff that happened already. Think about it, it's going to get worse than that. I think about the Holocaust. Holocaust about, they estimate that 6 million Jews were killed during the Holocaust. It's an estimation. By the Germans. And what is Germany? Well, Germany is part of the Roman Empire. The Roman took over that whole section. That's part of what German Empire took over. The, 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 uh, the Roman Empire took over. We talk about uh, Hitler and the, and, the, and the Jews in the Holocaust, six million Jews. There was a guy named King Leopold II of Belgium. Y'all familiar with him? King Leopold of Belgium II. He was known as the Butcher of the Congo. They estimate, they don't know exactly because it's impossible to count, but they estimated that he murdered, slaughtered 10 to 15 million people. Made Hitler look like Mickey Mouse. 10 to 15 million black folks in Africa in the Congo. He destroyed, he killed. From Belgium, where's Belgium? It's part of the, the Roman Empire. During that time, and it wasn't just Hitler and, and, and King Leopold of Belgium, Britain had some atrocities of the Aborigines in Australia. The United States, we know about what the United States did to the Native Americans uh, that were here. The French, Northwest Congo, Spanish, Native Americans, the Central Americans, North Americans, North Native Americans, the Portuguese to the Angolians and the Amazon, and then the Germans also to the Southwest Africans. When we look at this empire of Rome, this last kingdom, what we're seeing now, we look at the destruction and the murder and the pillage that we've gone through, that we've seen. Think about slavery, about 12.5 million slaves back and forth across the water to the Americas. All this has been going on. Should we have been shocked? No, we shouldn't have been shocked. Because they didn't say, hey, these beasts are vicious. It's some bad stuff that's going to happen. And it's going to continue to happen, continue to happen. And it's going to accumulate with the persecution of God's people. Wickedness will intensify. Yet the kingdom of God still triumphs. And I think what the Bible is telling us in Daniel, if Daniel could survive in this first kingdom, this wickedness, then we as the body of Christ, as world engines, we can also. If Daniel could have the freedom to worship, if Daniel could represent God, if Daniel could walk a certain way, live a certain way in the midst of the wickedness, we too can do also. The kingdoms of the wickedness will come and come and come and come and the horn is coming from this warmer empire all these things will happen, but our responsibility is that we can triumph. We should have no fear because we can triumph through our, I've read this, our Daniel-like steadfastness. That word again, to be steadfast. This is active words. These are things that as Christians we have to do. It's not I got saved now, hit cruise control. No, Paul tells us, Daniel tells us, we have to endure. We have to be steadfast. We have to continue along the path. 
Through that and through God's loyalty to his people and his purpose, we will triumph. In Daniel, we have that promise that his persecution and his pain and his wickedness exists and continue. God will reign. and We have a responsibility to endure, to remain faithful. You talk about persecution. America, we, we, we see some persecution, but it's persecution light. I remember, I remember back in the day, um, they used to talk on TV, it was a war against Christmas. I saw that a lot on like Fox News and stuff. It was a war against Christmas. Like, war against Christmas? So yeah, you know, okay, people don't want to say Christmas, they say Xmas. Okay, all right. And, and Starbucks stopped putting, you know, Christmas carols in their cups. I don't know what it was, something, something crazy. But we think about true persecution. My pops always says when he comes here, I don't know if y'all caught on to that, when he, when he gets prayer requests, pray for the persecuted church, because we don't talk about it online, and I think we should. There's a site, uh, there's an organization called Open Doors USA, and what they do is they, they create this world watch list of Christianity across the world. And they look at the persecuted saints across the entire world. And they, every year they produce this watch list and just that you know who are the top 10 nations that are persecuting the Christians. Their studies show that every month, look at these numbers, every month 255 Christians are killed around the world. Every month 255 Christians are killed, 104 are abducted. Every month, 180 Christian women are raped, sexually harassed, or forced into marriage. Every month. Every month, 66 churches are attacked. Every month, 160 Christians are detained without trial or imprisoned. That's happening today. It's not Bells, Babylon, or Alexander the Great. This is 2018. There are 2018 World Watch List, which tells about, again, uh, uh, what the ranks the most 50 difficult countries is to be a Christian. It came out and it says this, 215 million Christians experience high level of persecution in the countries. This represents one in 12 Christians worldwide. Think about that. One in 12 Christians worldwide. So it's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Count K, eight, the girls, nine, 10, 11, 12, about 12 of us in here. So in our group, we're just in this room, one is experiencing high levels of persecution around the world. North Korea is ranked as the number one for the 17th consecutive year as the most dangerous place for a dangerous country for a Christian. The Washington said that 3,066 Christians were killed last year. 1,255 were abducted, 1,000 were raped or sexually harassed, and 793 churches were attacked. And the Islamic oppression fuels Christian persecution in eight of the top 10 countries. God's people are being persecuted around the world. It's happening. This, this is what the Bible said it was going to happen. It's going on. We, should, we need to understand that. We need to pray for those people. We need to pray for strength. We need to pray for endurance, that they endure. We pray that they will be steadfast and pray that they understand that this is for a time. There's a limit that this is going on because Christ's kingdom is going to come. Personally, like I said, we, we, in America, we have persecution light. It's, not, it's nowhere near what's going on in the world today. Um, you may get joked on, treated unfairly. People don't like you for no reason. 
You might get mocked for your stances, for your values, get mocked for, you know, I don't do that. People will snicker. People might hurt you. People will hurt you. People will harm you. People will embarrass you. But we need to understand, Jesus said it in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God knows the future. And he's, he's given us certain aspects of the future in this word of God. God lives outside of our time and our domain. So he sees the future as well as the past. I like the, the, we, we, the um, we're looking at the names of God, Elroy. We serve a God who sees. He sees the persecution. He sees the suffering. He sees the wickedness. He sees all of this. And sometimes we say, well, how can all this wickedness and all this pain and all this suffering go on in the world and God does nothing? There can't be a God because if there was God, there wouldn't be pain and suffering and all this stuff. God said, no, no, don't worry. I got it. I'm going to take care of it. The Bible is very consistent in saying that God will handle all of this wickedness and God will judge and God will punish all. All of this pain and all this suffering in that judgment before his kingdom come. I like uh, in Second Peter chapter one, verse 19, Second Peter 119 says this. So we have seen and proved that what the prophets said came true. So we have seen and proved that what the prophets said came true. You will do well to pay close attention to everything they have written. For like lights shining in dark corners, their words help us to understand many things that otherwise would be dark and difficult. Peter is talking here. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go up to 16 for context sake. For we did not allow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter said, we saw the majesty of Jesus Christ. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and that voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on that holy mountain. And we have a, the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention. Now, this is Greek translated into English. When you go back to the original Greek, what Peter says is this. I saw Jesus on that mountain in all his glory. I saw Elijah show up. I saw Moses show up. I heard a voice come out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. This was amazing what I saw with my eyes. But Peter says that we have the prophetic word of God, which is a sure foundation, the King James says, than even the signs and wonders that we have seen. Peter says that though we saw that, seeing that, is secondary to what the word of God says. Peter says that what the word of God says and the prophecies in the word of God and what the prophets wrote is a more sure foundation. I like that word more sure because it means in the, in the Greek to be fixed, it's sure, it's certain, it's something that can be relied on. It gives the idea of a legal guarantee. Peter says that I'm not going to 
I, my hope and my faith is not what I saw. It's not in my experiences. It's because it's what the word of God says. And Peter says that the word of God, when I look back at the prophetic scriptures, it's more sure foundation. I can rely on the word of God more than me seeing Jesus glorified, hearing that voice from heaven. That's how sure the word of God is. That's why Daniel gave us this word. That's why the Holy Spirit gave us this word. He says, listen, I'm giving you this so you can be sure and you can rely on it that as you go through sufferings and punishment and wickedness and persecution, be sure that I will judge and my kingdom will come. Why? Not because you're going to experience, because you're going to go through some hard times. You're going to experience pain and suffering and murder and all this wickedness. But know that this is going to happen because my word said so. And Peter said that the word of God, the prophecy, the word of God is more sure foundation. You can bank on that. You can count on that even more than him seeing and hearing that voice from heaven. And so Daniel, so Peter says, so because of that, pay attention. That word pay attention there, it's, it's a combination word. It's pros, echo. Pros means toward. Exco means to have hold. It means to hold your mind towards something. You know how something's going on and you want to hear out the door and so you, you, lean your, you lean your ear on it so you can hear what's going on? That's what that word says. That word there, Paul Peter says, listen, because the word of God is so sure, because the word of God is so reliable, more reliable than anything else, what we need to do, Christians, as you go through wickedness, as you go through suffering. Remember, Peter was written to those saints who were scattered. As you go through is our responsibilities to pay attention. Take my mind and my ear and put it toward the sure foundation of the scripture. Trust the scripture over our experience any and every day. Our conclusion here is we should persevere. Today in our, uh, we have an experience-oriented society. You heard the term my truth, your truth, their truth. Many people, sometimes Christians, they seek to determine truth by what happens to them or even how God is working in our lives. But Peter said, no, I, I saw Jesus and all his glory and Moses and Elijah and I heard a voice of God from heaven. That is secondary. My experience are secondary to what the word of God says. The validity of the Holy Scripture is where I put my faith is, where I find my truth in. And so when people say stuff about you, you might even feel a certain way. Don't trust your experiences of the word of God. You might feel ugly or something wrong with my feet or something wrong with my ears are too big or I'm not special. Nobody cares about me. God said in Psalms chapter 139, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You might say, well, it's never going to work out for me, all this stuff. I'm never going to be successful. Bible says in Philippians 4.19 that God will supply all your needs from his riches and glory. You might say the pain will never end, the suffering will never end, all this stuff I'm going through. But understand that Paul says in Romans 8.18, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that we shall receive later. So don't be caught up in your experience. Don't be caught up in what goes on now. Don't try to find truth in your experience. We find truth, according to Peter, according to the word of God, in the word of God. And so our responsibility is to take that word of God. Romans chapter 15, last verse. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Paul says, uh, for whatever was written in former days, the scriptures, Daniel, was written for our instruction that through endurance, there's that word again. Oh, I already read it down. I'll put a box around it. Through endurance. And through the encouragement of the scripture, we might have hope. And so my responsibility, 
The word of God. Why did Daniel have these prophecies? Why is this here? Why are we going through this? Why? Because the word of God is written for our instruction. And so that through perseverance and endurance through this and encouragement of the scripture, we have to be encouraged by the scripture. We read in Peter that it said, pay attention to the scripture. Paul said encouragement by the scripture. All those point to one thing. I go through this. I get through this. I get through what I'm going through by paying attention, leaning my mind against the word of God, by encouragement, by allowing the word of God to encourage me. And so the word to us is to persevere, keep going, be encouraged by the scriptures, pay attention to the scripture, and there we might have hope. God, we love you again, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your scripture, God. We thank you for the hope that we have in you, that no matter what goes on as this world gets crazy, God, we know that your kingdom will come. And so we thank you, God, for the more sure word that Peter says that we have of your word of God. And that as the body of Christ, God, and as, uh, 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 as world engines, God, we will lean on your word, we will pay attention to your word, we will encourage your word, that we can go out into this world and not only live a victorious life, even through pain and suffering and wickedness, but we can show others how to and be that example, be their Daniel, so they can see how to live in this pagan world. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Followers of the Way podcast. If you like more information about Followers of the Way Church, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. We trust and hope that you've enjoyed hearing God's word and how to apply it to our lives. Our podcast is updated weekly, so remember to follow us here at Followers of the Way.